Good afternoon. I don't think you want to hear me after the messages we heard from the choirs, from three choirs. I think we should call it off and say, hey, uh, happy Independence Day. But I have a few words uh, I would like to say this morning, and I hope you'll bear with me. Didn't they do a good job, number one? They honored God, and they honored our country. And this is the day where we gather here to honor God and honor our country. And I would like to share a few words with you. This morning, being this special occasion is so dear to my heart. America is so dear to my heart. This country, there is no other country like it. And I would like to tell our new generation, if you do not appreciate it and approve it, why don't you take a vacation and go over to Europe somewhere else and try to live there for a couple of weeks, then come back and tell me and tell the difference. In the Bible it says, in Psalm 33:12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Over two centuries ago, a few men assembled in Philadelphia endorsed the words of Thomas Jefferson that prefaced one of the major political revolutions in human history, words that stir the feelings of persons who seek and value freedom. And they wrote, We hold this truth to be self-evident that all men, as we heard, are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The United States of America is a great nation. Don't let anyone kid you. Though we're going through hard times, it's still the greatest nation under the sun. Do we hear yes? We have been preserved These many years by God, we have grown in numbers, in wealth, and in power. This is the land that God has uniquely blessed, and its heritage has enriched us all. America, America, so dear to my heart, has a surplus of the necessities of life, and offers that freedom of opportunity like in no other country under the sun. Truly, we are a God-blessed nation. We enjoy the greatest freedom that man has ever experienced under the sun. We can say anything, 
We can do anything. We can criticize the Congress. We can criticize even the president. And then we get away with it. <laughs> Other nations, they don't. That freedom is a God-given. And the question for us today, what has made America great? What has made America what it is today? A superpower. A great nation. For many reasons. I want to share with you a few things of the past. First of all, because God has grace on America. And as I read this short verse, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know, America is the only country in the world that is proud of being a Christian country. And I am proud to say we are a Christian country and we are not a country of Christians and other religions. Do you agree with me? Amen. And we are going to continue being so because there are Christians who believe in Jesus Christ in this country and we are going to stand and stand firm. The second thing, first, God gets the glory. Secondly, we are God-fearing citizens. Dr. J.D. Gray said in an address before the Kiwanis, their international convention in Seattle, some time ago, he said, the founders of our nation were in the main a God-fearing, God-honoring people. They were not the renegades, <coughs> excuse me, the backwash and the offscoring of the nations of Europe. Among the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, 47 of them were graduates of Christian colleges, eight of which were functioning in our land before 1776. But even prior to that, when the pilgrims were about to land at Plymouth Rock, they bowed their knees before Almighty God in grateful recognition of His blessings upon them in bringing them to a safe harbor. And in that spirit, they dedicated to their endeavors in this new land. How thrilling are the courageous words of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledge the following. For the purpose of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other ourselves, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. What made America great? These are the men and women, their heritage that they gave us, and let us respect it and bow our heads and thank God for them all. Carlos Momulo, a Philippine statesman, general and writer, visited America and addressed us with the following. He said to the nation, never forget, and he is a foreigner, but an ally 
Never forget, however, that America is a spiritual country. This was our reputation. May it always be. Yes, I know, he further said, that you are a practical people. But underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. It is this respect for the dignity of the human spirit which makes America invincible. And he says, may it always endure. Another writer, a freelance writer by the name of Patricia Young, I read this about her. She affirmed the following. I react to philosophies and sophistries which seek to destroy those values which made this great nation. I react to permissiveness and those ministers who would convert my house of worship into a political forum and to rob me of my faith in the name of humanistic togetherness. What has made America great? In his farewell address, George Washington focused on the importance of national unity, the value of the Constitution, and the rule of law. He concluded saying, whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason, he said, reason and experience forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principles. Dwight D. Eisenhower said, Recognition of the supreme being is the first, the most basic and expression of Americanism. Without God, there could be no American form of government or American way of life. These were men that helped keep our country the best country in the world. And I say also, besides being a God-fearing nation, we, got, we are a nation that cares for our institutions. When this nation started, I'm so talking our start, our beginning, homes were established on the Word of God. I repeat, homes were established on the Word of God. The foundations of families were rooted in the Lord's precepts that affected the churches they built, the schools they erected, and the businesses they started. These great institutions have contributed to America's greatness. They prayed at home. Oh, may God help us to keep prayers in our homes. They prayed at homes. They went to churches. They prayed in churches. They prayed at schools. And they prayed also in doing business. America honored God and His church. And He was the center 
of the life of this nation. And he blessed us beyond our wildest dreams, didn't he? America lived by the saying, then and I hope for it today. Though the church has many critics, it has no rivals. We believed also in freedom. Freedom of citizens. The people who came to the shores of America were people seeking freedom. And we heard singing about freedom. And we shared about freedom during our communion service. The the framers of the Constitution of the United States were freedom-loving people. America's name has been made glorious because her citizens are people who love freedom and want freedom for all people. Patrick Henry said, and I know some of you know what he said, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains of slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, Give me liberty or give me death. President John F. Kennedy said, The cost of freedom is always high, but Americans have always paid it. And one path we shall never choose, and that is the path of surrender and submission. Having briefly reviewed Our past. Let's take a look at the present. Currently we live in days of violence that threaten our nation. Evil forces threaten America. It seems as if satanic forces have invaded our nation. What the Apostle Paul wrote Many centuries ago, in his letter to Timothy, he says the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And he continues in chapter 3 saying, people will be treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That was written many thousands years ago, years ago. And I tell you one thing, we stop and give the glory to the Word of God. The Bible is always current and up to date on everything. And even there is no other book that compares to the Bible that predicts what's going to happen thousand years from now. And it's still to be current. Praise God for what we have. Today, today, my dear friends, Humanism threatens America. Public schools and colleges and the media are propagating the idea that oneself is one's God. From this false teaching stems other evil things like atheism. Do you know that millions in America do not believe in God at all nowadays? This is the nation that was built on God and is the word of God. Oh yes, this was the way we started. We started good. Materialism, materialism took over. 
Many America have materialistic objectives as their goals. Socialism, alcoholism, secularism. The enemies of America are working and working. And I can mention many things, but I find it inappropriate to mention from God's pulpit. Along with the diverse manifestations that we see today of ungodly acts that we're witnessing on a daily, daily in other cities. What then should we do on a day like this when we remember our liberties, our freedom, our ancestors, about our, about our forefathers, about those people who sacrificed their life to keep us free and to give us this wonderful life? People are coming from everywhere in the world to our shores. Why? Because there is freedom, there is liberty, there is life. And there is a superior life than any other nation under the sun. What then should we do? We as Christians, and this is the call, we are challenged that at this very hour to take an unwavering stand against this destroying current that is attacking America and cling to the word of God. Because the word of God says, this which was said, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. In five minutes, it will be over. But I want to share you three thoughts about what the word of God tells us this morning, after all what we have reviewed, righteousness. I believe the question is answered in the word of God, as usual. There is no answer to the problems of this world except in the word of God. Monarchies will come and go. Presidencies will come and go. Nations will come and go. Everyone will come and go. But the word of God stays supreme over anything else. Righteousness is required by God. Friends, if we would like and if we want to America to stay as the country that God wanted it to be, first and foremost, righteousness is required by God. It's not a choice. America must repent of her sins. America must repent of her sins and the nation should be reconciled to God. And the nation cannot be reconciled to God unless the individuals start getting reconciled with God. And we as Christians have a great responsibility to take people to the Word of God, to direct people to God Himself, and to, uh, to live a life worthy of the calling that he called us with. What happened to the nation that sent missionaries to the four corners of the world? You know, American missionaries were all over the world. And I hope there still are. And if we, need, if we need to keep them, we need to start doing something here, here at home for ourselves and our country. What happened to the nation 
that planted the gospel of Jesus Christ into the farthest lands around the globe. Oh, we need to go back. We need to go back to God. We need as Christians to be on fire for God. We need as Christians to live according to the word of God. And you know when it says righteousness, that means, that means simply to be right with God. Let's ask ourselves this question. Am I right with God? Am I living a life worthy of the life God wants me to live? He said, return to me. We need, we need to return to him. Return to me, O nation, return. And I will return to you. Secondly, righteousness will bless a nation. Our nation took the blessing, what happened, and turned its back toward, toward the world and forgot the blesser. And not only that. We chase him out of our institutions, out of our schools, out of everything that God wanted us to, have, to give him the preeminence in our lives and our nation. We forgot his grace that was upon us for so many years. This nation was founded on Christian principles. And as I said before, and it is a Christian nation. And Christian, let's keep it that way. We are challenged this afternoon to keep our nation as a Christian nation by being ourselves true Christians and true soldiers for the cross of Christ. Abraham Lincoln said, if we do not make a common cause to save the good old ship of the Union on this voyage, nobody will have a chance to pilot her on another voyage. This is our last chance before the Lord's coming. This is our last chance. Let's try to be right with God. That's the call. And when we are right with God, guess what? then will affect the people around us, and this nation will go back to God. Come back to me, he said, return to me. The third thing, righteousness, is found in following Christ. Individual righteousness goes first, then national righteousness will follow when there is submission to the word of God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want our nation to stay a great nation. We have to submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. We must humble ourselves. We must repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ. We need a deep self-examination. We are going to go out and celebrate, and I am going to celebrate. We are a free nation, a wonderful nation, but First and foremost, we need a self-examination, confession, renunciation of sin, and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, then righteousness will exalt our nation. Then God will be pleased with us when we are obeying him 
and doing his will. Then he will open his eyes upon us. He will hear from heaven. The God will hear from heaven. He will forgive us our sins. He will bless America. He will save America. He will hear America. And he will make us strong and great for his honor and for his glory. Blessed is the nation that God is our Lord. If we take this stand, united as we heard, we stand in Jesus Christ and live as strong Christians the way we need to live, then our lives will change. Our homes will be rebuilt. Our families will be rebuilt. Our schools will be rebuilt. And our society will be rebuilt. And our nation will be rebuilt to be the greatest nation. And I hope to continue under the sun. Amen. Amen. I wish that all of us, it starts with us. We have the responsibility. Not they, not the government, not the Congress, not the uh, local uh, government. No, we have the responsibility. Let us take this responsibility and say, Lord, make me a true citizen of heaven first, then of the United States of America. Amen. And let's walk and be proud of what we have. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful country that we live in. We thank you for what we have. We thank you for the values we have. May you help us to live true Christians, challenged, honoring, repentant, and willing to live a life worthy of your calling. Bless us today. Bless our nation. And may this 4th of July be a turning point in the life of our church, every church, every believer, so we can take turn things around and live to glorify his name at any cost. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen.